Claiming that it's creature o'clock. So ring that buzzer. It sounds like a lion's roar. Roar. And open the door to join us for the Thanksgiving special of the Animal Fan Club. I'm turkey lover Meredith. And I'm stuffing enthusiast Mike. And we meet every week at our clubhouse. We like to call the Dalmatian Station. (laughs) To talk about our favorite animals. What we lack in expertise, we make up for an unbridled enthusiasm and extra gravy. Wow. So saddle up that miniature horse and hold on tight for the furriest, fin-filled, and feathered podcast in all of the kingdom animalia. <laughs> Extra gravy, Mike. You know what? I don't really like gravy. You don't like gravy? I'm not a gravy person. I'm not a gravy fanatic, but I do like some gravy. Especially, like, you know, at a certain point, everything just kind of mushes together and you just kind of fork it all into a mound. And that's yeah. when gravy is really good. Yeah. Seems I don't really like a hollandaise sauce. Despite the sausage. <laughs> but I don't know. There's just something about it. It's not my jam ever. But yeah. I love because I think I love mashed potatoes so much that I don't want them to be tarnished in any way whatsoever. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm on that train. I'm on the mashed potatoes should be garlic and butter and <sighs> some, maybe some bacon or whatever. A little salt. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm not a big please. gravy mashed potato person. Yeah. That's not my thing. Mm-mm. Yeah. Not into it. I want the full tuber experience. Yeah, just unadulterated starch. Yeah, unadulterated tubers. Mmm, tuber. <laughs> Tuberler. Totally tuberler. So what are we here for today, Mike? Well, I think that, I mean, it's, you know, happy holidays, everybody. You've you've watched a parade. You've eaten a lot of food and <laughs> avoided hot button issues with your relatives. <laughs> Totally. Now you're just kind of, I don't know, sitting around at 10.30 p.m. up and awake as everyone around you is asleep. And mm-hmm. what You've already taken you... your post-dinner nap. Yeah, you Or sure in the case have. of my family, because we always eat at like one, I think. It's either one or three. I think it's one. So probably by four, I'm like six BLs deep. And I am had like two helpings of every side because I don't actually like turkey. Is that right? I don't like turkey. I was vegetarian for like 17 years, but I still don't really eat turkey because I don't like it. It's a little too gamey and weird for me. But so I love a good side. Like I said, mashed potatoes. I'm here for that. But I'm just like drunk and sleepy and inevitably reeling from my cousin telling me I don't believe in freedom. And then I wake up and I watch the Mystery Science Theater Marathon that's online every Thanksgiving. MST3K. I, it's my favorite part of Thanksgiving, other than getting to like see my family and stuff. So I'm often awake at 1030 because I've already like gotten four hours of sleep. <laughs> but we're here to, you know, hello. That's you. You've turned to us in your time of need and your bored post Thanksgiving festivity tryptophan-induced... Slump. Yeah, state of semi-consciousness. Yeah. Consider us your 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 rock jock DJs post-Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. 
your That's friendly, weird. Your friendly eardrum ticklers. How should we proceed into today's episode? Well, I think that we definitely need to talk about the turkey. I think that we need to do an expose on the turkey. Yes. Um, That's really the primary function of being here, I think. I mean, beyond that, I I guess the world is a, you know, never-ending cornucopia of assorted options. Yes. So I think that maybe we should hit the main course first. Right. And then get into it from there. The reason for the season. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. Boil in trouble. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Texana you. Texana we. Texana who? Texana me. Kingdom. Animalia. Plants drool. Animals rule. Phylum. Cordata. Spines are groovy. Class. Aves. Birds have wings. Order. Galliformes. Gallus is Latin for cock. <laughs> Faziana day, heavy ground living. Genus. Meliagris, turkeys and their relatives. Species. Galopavo, domestic turkeys. It's the same species as the wild turkeys. <laughs> Wait, what was the one that was cock? Gallus is Latin for cock. It's the it, rooster. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Oh, so roosters and turkeys are in the same family. What? I think that generally it's like these these animals have roosters because like chickens and stuff like a rooster is a male chicken okay and so i think it's kind of just like the category of like maybe this i actually don't know fowl are we at the point of like poultry fowl yeah because it's just below aves which is yeah okay so that's class aves so order would be it would be order yeah cox (laughs) yeah cox generally and then um, the, the Fazionidae, uh, heavy ground living, like pheasants. Those are like game birds. Right. And then, yeah, Meliagris. 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 Turkeys and their relatives. I um, love it. Turkey yeah. cousins, turkey sisters. Gobble, gobble, girl. Amen. <laughs> so for to celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, Meredith and I are doing a sort of like family style animal. Yeah, that's a cute way to put it. Yeah, where we're just going to be talking about um, just just the turkey together. Talking turkeys. Talking turkeys. So there's lots of fun turkey facts. Yeah, I'm doing this research. Turkeys are so weird. They've got all these weird physical attributes that I don't really... I'm not saying they don't exist on other birds or in other manifestations, but so many little things that I learned, like vocab words that I learned, came through turkey research. And I'm like, how can one creature itself contain wattles, snoods, preen glands, beards, caruncles? Caruncle City, USA. There's a lot going on with the turkey It's all kind of, um, it's what we're talking about now is all that sort of like extra skin flappy stuff like around his head and neck. A lot of flappage that I, I never really had considered much. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I have thought about snoods for sure. I mean, I'm familiar with the comb aspect of it 
I guess I first really thought about that with the flower coxcomb. And I was like, oh, that is what the comb of a rooster looks like. That looks right. Right. You know, um, but I, I didn't really ever, I haven't considered it that much. I do know once I met someone who raised chickens competitively and competed in 4-H events and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> it sounds like 4-H. Okay. It, it was. And uh, through that, I learned a little bit about the variety of chickens. Okay. But I'd never heard of a car uncle. Yeah. Let alone considered them until <laughs> reading about the turkey. Heard about it. I've never even considered it. Um, yeah. Do you want to just kind of like talk through some of the hilarity that is like the turkey's visage? Like what's going on with the turkey face? Let's talk turkey faces. I'll start with this. This little anecdote. There is this pig personality on Instagram called Esther the Wonder Pig. And she lives with this adorable gay couple up in Canada. But she was a pig that was um, advertised as like a like a little teacup pig or something. Hmm. Falsely advertised as this miniature pig. I mean, Esther is no average pig. But she grew up just to be a regular sized pig. So huge. Oh, but I will give this couple credit because they have used this platform and really turned kind of this scam that they unwittingly participated in into kind of an activist cause. So she's got a very active Instagram account. They let Esther sleep in the house, but they also house all these other animals. So they've got this turkey named Corno, okay. short for Cornelius. And he needs an Instagram all of his own. But he's like this turkey. He's got full of personality and he wears like a little like poop sack so he can live in the house. Like oh, a little, like a... I call it a poop sack, but it's a diaper. It's more of a diaper than a... I mean, a diaper is a sack full of poo. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> um, so I'm sorry. These This gay couple was misled, misled, yes. if you will. Yeah. They were misled by the seller of the pig that uh, that it was a toy pig. Yeah, a But toy it was pig. actually... Just a pig Just pig. a pig pig. So they made this Instagram account about, look at my cute baby toy pig, and it got a bunch no, of... No, I think they made the Instagram account after realizing that um, it was, she was, Esther was just a normal pig. I see. But she's not normal in the sense that she's created this platform, and they've done a lot of work as far as kind of spreading the word for the need for um, larger, I guess, like x-ray scanning equipment that can x-ray animals as large as pigs. Okay. If that makes sense. Like um, in veterinary circumstances. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, and they also have a lot of animals in their home, and they just, they just seem like lovely lovely people and also they love like so many shots of just corno just wanting to be like a lap turkey so i've kind of noticed corno in these up close shots and all these funny things about him and the first thing i noticed other than the poop sack was this spurt of feathers coming off of his chest the beard that's what's called the beard uh -huh. so it's like just this like tuft of feathers that just kind of sprouts out of the chest. It's like long, it looks like long, coarse hair almost, like and this, a horse tail. It's different than the fleshy neck part that we're talking. It's like an actual yeah. feather, feather. Yeah. Yeah, they're coarse feathers, but they actually look like kind of, they sprout out kind of like the, like the From tail. From like the off cleavage of, region. Exactly. The mm -hmm. turkey breast. The turkey, yeah. And upper. it's, it's pretty funny. They're such mm -hmm. ostentatious birds. It's really cute. So that's one thing I've literally never seen on another bird. And I didn't know even turkeys had that until I was like watching Corno on Instagram. 
I didn't know about the turkey beard until I was reading more about its handsome plumage. Yes, such handsome plumage. Um, let's see, but working our way up, we've got the wattle. So we're talking about the decolletage of the turkey. That's probably more where the beard is. That's where the beard is. Okay, yeah. so this is like north of the decolletage. Yes. Like kind of in like the sub Adam's apple region. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I also think, you know, when you see old men yes. often, they've got the kind of like, like skin around their neck that kind of like flops down. Yeah. It's waddle. That's waddle like. It's like loose skin around the neck. The dewlap. The dewlap? A dewlap is a longitudinal flap of skin that hangs beneath the lower jaw or neck of many vertebrates. <laughs> Including now you know, including adult Homo sapien males over the age of sixty-five. <laughs> I mean, some of them. Some of them, not all of them. So after the waddle, what do we have? But the snood. The snood. Yes, which is the that little flap that hangs down over their beak, and it kind of like wiggles. Right. And it can like hang down in front of their, it can look like their beak is like under cover of the waddle. It's kind of like a sort of elephant tusk yeah. sort of thing, like covering up their mouth. Yes. And I've noticed that in watching videos of Corno, that it's so funny that when they gobble, their wa- their snoods like wiggle. <laughs> like, so the, the fierceness with which they will actually like, physically wiggle their snoot that's really fun isn't it <laughs> yeah i think i saw something was is the snoot the part that has the um so-called erectile tissue in it that I like think... a, the snood can kind of demonstrate the male's virility or whatever i don't know that that's this is kind of unclear in this but i'm glad you brought that up because i was so tickled by the erectile function I didn't realize this of the, like the skin around the turkey's face. Sure. So I think it's actually the caruncles that become engorged with blood. And so like you'll look at Corno one day and he'll have like a flap just kind of like over his head. And then another time it looks like he's kind of like a unicorn because it becomes engorged in blood when they get excited. And it's like he has this like point of skin on his head that otherwise is kind of flapped over Okay. at other times. Which is nuts. I, I find that part of a turkey to be kind of like repulsive. It looks like a, a skin condition on a human. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. think like, I want to touch something that looks like that. Right. And uh, it makes me want to touch it even less. That They get excited <laughs> and it kind of poofs up a little bit. You know? Yeah, it becomes engorged. Well, the, the males are really constantly engaged in that kind of display of... Mm-hmm. It, it said that they spend the majority of their time just kind of like looking big and tough and just always pooping out their feathers. Yes, and displaying. Yeah, so. Yeah, and they're a perfect example um, of sexual dimorphism. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like the pass- the passenger pigeon. pigeon the right. passager. The passager pigeon. Oui. Um, <laughs> but it's like people often think of the peacock as a really close analog. Or you see this, you see sexual dimorphism amongst birds, like the cardinal, for instance. Mm. So bright red, whereas like the the female cardinal is just a more of a, a kind of like a brown. Just a, I don't want to say a dull brown because female cardinals are actually really beautiful. But um, it's definitely not that vibrant, like fire engine red that you see. Yeah. 
in the male cardinal. Also the the state bird of Ohio. Yeah. High oh, five. High five. State Ohio. Bird. Yeah. We just need to talk about the buckeye and the white-tailed deer and yeah. Louie Louie, and then we'll have all the bases covered. <laughs> totally. And Skyline. Well. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> sure. Um, so turkeys are a New World creature, mm-hmm. They're, and they were first domesticated by ancient Mesoamericans. Mm-hmm. I wonder how hard it was to corral them. I think... They can be pretty aggressive to humans from what I have heard anecdotally. Right. Because I was talking to somebody, I think they live in like Boston suburban area. Yeah, they're kind of all over the U.S. And the turkeys are quite a problem. They're just like all over the yard. So you pull into your driveway, you're just trying to get into the house. You got to fix dinner. The baby's crying. But you got to make it past like... Teresa Turkey, who's just like fucking pissed that you're in her territory. Yeah. She wants to talk to the manager. <laughs> God, she's got that awful haircut. She looks like Kate Gosling. But she's not that kind of waterfowl. She's not a waterfowl, but she is foul. Yeah. She's the quite bird foul. kind of foul. So obviously in the um I did a little bit of research into turkeys as, you know, uh farmable creature. Sure. And I learned some fun words. Yeah. Um, so the heritage turkeys are the turkeys that were once common or retain some sort of historical characteristic that has been bred out of the majority of turkeys that are used for farming purposes, like the majority of turkeys that we've eaten. Okay. Uh, so right now, the most widely used breed of domesticated turkey is the broad-breasted white that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, it's because they produce like tons of meat and yeah. they have pin feathers that are less visible when the carcass is dressed due to their um, white color. So it's kind of the perfect creature for uh, quick and easy preparation for yeah. human consumption. Wow. So they've been bred that way. They've been bred to be the easiest for human consumption. Yeah, I mean, that's why they're used. That's the nature of uh, economics, you know. Right. So it's whatever costs the least to produce. Right. It's going to be what they're what they're going to do. So they've that's true. And I'm sure that we'd find that if we researched pigs and cows and everything. That the sure. It, creatures used for different things have, like, different levels of optimization, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, like, fucked up. It's totally fucked up. Like, optimization for our consumption I know I participate in this system and I don't want to get political when it comes to the, the brass tacks of um, looking like, is that okay that we're genetically modifying these creatures to be more suitable for our consumption and our enjoyment? And this could apply to like pure breed dogs too. It's just yeah. really, I don't like it. Yeah, well, this is the argument for veganism. And this is the, like, be free vegan. Like, if you're Mm -hmm. a vegan that can consume products that don't require, like, the use of, you know, like, is it, is it ethical to eat honey? Like, is the, is the insect, the bee, less, you know, whatever, less, whatever is the quality Mm -hmm. than other animals? Right. Yeah, it's a can of worms. This is a whole other (laughs) issue. But, yeah, that just... 
it sets me off a little bit. My ethics alarms. Yeah, it makes me feel bit. kind of funny. The the fact that the plumage has now been it's been bred so that it's once handsome, you know, displayed plumage that was one one of its hallmarks that remains one of its hallmarks has been completely bred right. out of the animals that we eat. Right. Which is yeah. Yeah, and there are, there are people that feel that some of this breeding has led like has sacrificed taste and flavor of really? the meat over yeah. the quantity of the meat. Sure. Because I bet <laughs> I'm just imagining these turkeys looking like cuz they're probably bred to have really intense not intense but um voluminous breast meat. Right. Chunky boobs. Chunky <laughs> Chunky boobs is my nickname. How do you know? What does that do? Because I think of women with chunky boobs. They've got like back problems. It's hard to find bras that fit. You know, are these turkeys uncomfortable? How are they feeling as they are walking this earth? Well, that's one of the qualities that some heritage turkeys uh, retain is that they are able to reproduce without the assistance of humans, which our broad-breasted white are unable to do because they've got such chunky breasts that they can't quite engage in uh, copulation in a meaningful manner. <laughs> I wish you could just see the like look of like so there that Mike just gave me of like so I just that of like the, how how can I possibly say that like <laughs> the broad-breasted white ch- turkeys are the ones that we eat the ones that you ate tonight likely <laughs> listener. <laughs> Are Not only me. possible to it's only possible for them to reproduce as through like human man controlled uh, uh, artificial insemination. It is artificial. It's not like there's some like I'm picturing like little helicopters that like hold like the the male up above the turkey, the lady turkey, the she turkey. Sure, like turkey, like turkey love making assistance devices. Yeah, like some you sort know, of like, swing. Like love swings. Yeah, or like something. a love swing. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that it exists somewhere. So these turkeys don't even get to common. experience the love. Well, there is so they're social creatures. I also read that. And if if you take a group of turkeys, so you got this like family of turkeys and you put a stranger turkey in the pen like that turkey is almost certainly going to be attacked and possibly killed by the like family of turkeys it's like once there's a social group you know you can't really break in which reminds me of how i feel when i go out to bars in the city (laughs) i've seen some of that dynamic at work it's crazy yeah it's bonkers it is a it is definitely a creature behavior adventure well meredith I would like to take. I would like to make the statement that uh, everything about Thanksgiving is a lie. <laughs> uh, we don't know. It, some people are like, "Well, it was at Plymouth Rock," and then other people are like, "No, it's Virginia's Berkeley Plantation." And then some people are like, "Well, there probably wasn't turkey." And then some people were like, "Well, there was definitely turkey." And then other people are like, "Well, there was lots of venison." And then they maybe had some fish and shellfish and no pumpkin pie or canned cranberries, so it was nothing like the. <laughs> food that we eat now and there was this kind of like mixed you know tradition of celebrating it until it was finally made a national holiday in 1863 by honest abraham lincoln himself right native son of illinois 
There were still several prominent American patriots that engaged in turkey discussion long before Abraham Lincoln declared it an of official course, yes. circumstance. Is the Hamilton craze still going on, Meredith? I don't know. I haven't been looking. Is everybody still does everybody still know what Hamilton is? I think they know what it is, but is it like the word on everybody's lips? Well, it's the word on my lips because I'm talking about <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, who once remarked that no citizen of the US shall refrain from Turkey on Thanksgiving Day. Ooh, he would not like me. Yeah. He's not giving away his thigh meat. <laughs> not throwing away his thigh meat. <laughs> <laughs> what part of the, what part? What would he not be throwing away? Not throwing away my rib bone. Not throwing away my wishbone. I'm not throwing away my trot. <laughs> I'm not throwing away my trot. trot. Hey yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and delicious. I'm not throwing away my trot. trot. <laughs> Special shout out to the peanut gallery for that one. Thank you, peanut gallery. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> so why why turkeys is a is a good question. Uh, they're uniquely new world. They're not old world. So it would be a uniquely American tradition to consume turkey, right? I think so. I'd have to look more into this because I read something, but I didn't investigate it that turkey there are turkeys that I think way, way back were living in the, um, the Levant, which is like, what would that be? Like Ottoman empire, like where modern day Turkey is hmm. and like British people. So associated that area with turkeys, that Turkey was named Turkey. That to me sounds like something though. Cause if this, if this happened, if the Spanish were the ones that brought turkeys back to the new world, then I bet it's the same as, um, you know, they just, that was the word they had for it. One yeah. of this, this one comedian that I listen to talks frequently about how the ibis, the noble bird of <laughs> I love, Egyptian glory, yeah, I love is called a, a bin chicken in Australia. The Australians call it a bin chicken. And it's like, this is a, you know, it's not a chicken, but they just call it that. Yeah. And so I wonder if the naming of turkey is all based on a sort of like misunderstanding of whatever pheasant-like bird lives in turkey that they right. just called a turkey. Right. Exactly. That's a, uh, we're opening lines of inquiry here again. You know, we're just open, opening windows into further paths of research for you listeners out there. Pragmatically, it's a big old bird. They weigh like 30 to 40 pounds. Yeah, they're and it, big. It can serve a table full of people who are hungry for, you know, some dark meat, some light meat, and some crispy skin. Yeah, not me. Not into it. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Tired of yet another humdrum Thanksgiving meal? Yeah, my granny may cook a mean blackberry pie, but man, does she serve a bland mustard. How awful. I know. The stuff she serves has nothing of that acidic bite I have grown to relish in my mustards. Well, Timmy, I might have just the thing. Sir Ocelot's mustard. This new bespoke condiment will absolutely knock your socks off. Gone are the days of Granny's bland mustard with this signature blend of gourmet herbs and spices. But what about the vinegary kick I crave? We've got that covered too. In every jar of our gourmet spread is a tongue-tingling amount of pure ocelot urine, just ready to knock your taste buds right off. 
Wow, that sounds delicious. Now my sandwiches will taste just like the cat house at the zoo smells. It's like you know my deepest wishes. Thanks, Sir Ocelot. Thanksgiving memories are the best kind of memories. Turkey stuffing and cranberries. Will you feed us, please? So I've got this Thanksgiving memory from my first year of undergrad. Oh. And this, oh. <laughs> and this is a, like a fabled moment for um, my friend group then. And there's picture evidence. So this is just to show you what, what we're reduced to as a bunch of what, like 18, 19 year olds at a dry camp. Campus in Nashville, Tennessee. That's right. Your campus was a very Christian university because you always talk about the abstinence seminar at Belmont. <laughs> the abstinence <laughs> seminar with Zorro, the drummer, who if you <laughs> don't know, you should Google a photo of. But if you do know, you understand why. It's so funny that gospel God, can, well, can you call somebody a gospel God? Prince, I... Prince of gospel, Zorro, the drummer. Let yes. Him, abstinence seminar for valentine's day at a, at a christian university <laughs> with a really outstanding commercial music program yes and music business program and True. just music program all music around program in general anyway um <laughs> i love it remember that it's anyway. the funniest thing i've ever heard in my entire life yeah zorro's like no 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 you gotta save it till marriage you gotta save it till marriage but i wear a big old hat and look at this scarf. <laughs> look at this scarf. Look at this silver jewelry. Prince, let me borrow this scarf. <laughs> yes. Anywho. So, yeah, dry campus, just looking for shit to do always. So stuff got weird because, like, my friend group was all, like, musicians and, like, visual artists uh-huh. and whatever. Um, so my friend Lauren has – she's a Sag. So around Thanksgiving is always her birthday. Sometimes it falls on Thanksgiving Sometimes it doesn't. And somebody had gifted her a bread, like pretzel loaf in the shape of a turkey. Okay. It was beautiful. It's like someone spent a lot of time on this. That sounds like it would take a lot of time. Yeah. So what did we do? We decided that we were going to dress up in like fake like headdresses and go to Percy Priest Park in Nashville and we lit a fire in like one of the um, like lodges in the park, you know, where you can like have like family reunions or graduation parties or whatever. Sure. There was one with a fireplace. We lit a fire. We doused this thing, this turkey pretzel in like body splash and stuff that would like contain alcohol to make it more flammable. We built a fire. We like danced around like trying to replicate some tribal sacrifice huh. and we tried to like send up a flare effigy with this pretzel turkey by throwing it into the fire and this bitch would not burn it took a long time but there's a picture of me in like a headdress like feeding this turkey into the fire after we all like as sane adults danced around this thing because we were so Flipping bored. Well, I mean, I would say that maybe the origin of most performance-based art <laughs> is boredom. <laughs> so it's just like we talk about it as the event that we do not mention. 
Yeah. They, but unfortunately, there's this like them. hilarious photo evidence of it. Um, and now here I am so many years later talking about it because it's just so dumb. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, okay. I guess I my Thanksgiving memory that I would like to share is the time that I was, uh, I don't know, I was doing a thing and we were in rehearsal and it was happening over Thanksgiving week because the show was the week after Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I guess, that it started. Who's to even say? But I had rehearsal on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving and then mm-hmm. I, we had Thanksgiving Thursday completely off. But then we had rehearsal again Friday, like 10 to 6 rehearsal. Yeah. So what I did is I flew back from New York to Cleveland on Thanksgiving morning at, you know, like took an early flight, made it back in time to watch the parade because, you know, of course, the parade is always on Thanksgiving morning. Oh, of course. And then had Thanksgiving dinner and then woke up early and took the early flight and got back in time for the 10 a.m. rehearsal on Friday, like a 6 a.m. flight. Awful. And I like walked into rehearsal and the uh, choreographer was there and he was just like, oh, what did you do for Thanksgiving? And I said, I went back to Cleveland. He just looked at me like, no, wait, what? Like, really? (laughs) You flew home for exactly 24 hours? And the answer was, yes, I did. I think maybe that was a year that I couldn't come home for Christmas. Sometimes that is one of the things about performing is that like sometimes you just can't get away from the show. The show has to happen. So I've I've missed a lot of Thanksgivings and a lot of I've missed more Christmases actually than Thanksgivings. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Christmas is the one I don't give up. But Thanksgivings I've spent in weird ways. I spent one in Toronto and one in Vegas. And like Yeah. Because of Anthony, but Yeah, it it it's does fun. it feels like there's always a, a thing. Like one time I actually spent Thanksgiving in Los Angeles cuz I had to get mm. out there to like catch a plane the day after. Uh, Thanksgiving so I hung out with my friend Dan who lives out there and then um, like another time I was like in Saskatoon for Thanksgiving we did tech our tech day was Thanksgiving Joni Mitchell's from Saskatoon maybe I think maybe I think she's from Saskatchewan oh yeah that's right Regina well Saskatchewan is the province she's from Regina she's from Regina Mm. that's right I've played Regina we had to stop when we were turning into the theater because there was a parade of Canadian geese walking across the... Of course there was. I love them. Okay, well, um, nice Thanksgiving memory, Meredith. Thank you. They are the Your best kind of memories. Pretzel effigy. My pretzel effigy. The pretzel turkey sacrifice that should not be spoken. I've spoken it publicly. Pretzel turkey Sorry, sacrifice. everyone. Yeah, we called it the pretzel turkey sacrifice. That's PTS. You just need a D and then, you know. <laughs> pretzel turkey sacrifice delight. PTSD. Nailed it. <laughs> Meredith, in front of me now is a bowl. It is neither filled with raisins nor figs. It is instead <laughs> filled with tiny little pieces of paper. And yes. I am curious. Okay, so we're going to do a John Zorn-inspired game piece that is going to use turkey vocalizations. Oh. Meredith, who's John Zorn? John Zorn is a 20th century, well, I guess now 21st century as well, composer um, in the tradition kind of of John Cage in the sense of using different means for musical composition. 
So in like, say, John Cage's case, he famously would say, throw the coins of the I Ching. Yeah, the indeterminacy element, the removing the composer from the act of composition by allowing chance procedure to determine the sonic events and experiences in the piece, including the duration of the piece. All these yeah. other things. Beautifully said. Yeah. Um, Conceptually, I simply adore John Cage. Yeah. Just such a luminary. Completely <laughs> changed my life. Yeah. Yes. I think a lot of percussionists do say that. And as a musicologist, he's just so fun to, especially somebody that deals with music and dance. Um, his collaboration with Merce Cunningham is just. Yes. Lifelong such, partners. Lifelong partners, collaborators really turn the conceptions of both musical composition and dance composition on their heads. Um, yeah, they were one of the things that I think about frequently with their approach was to have two things that are happening in the in there's you go to the performance and but there are two pieces that are happening at the same time during the performance and they may or may not have anything to do with one another. Right. So you can kind of lock in on one piece for a while and watch it, and then you can stop watching it and look over at another piece and watch that for a while and kind of come back. And the experience of attending the performance is both things happening at once at you, which you kind of get in your everyday life, especially when you're in the city and you're walking around. And if you really open your ears to it, you can hear one thing happening over here and then another thing happening over here. And sometimes they're in... You know, sometimes they're in keys that clash. Sometimes they're in the same totally. key. Like, if you really open your ears to that life, it's uh, really quite fun. Absolutely. So in, beautifully said. In my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, so John Zorn is somebody kind of working in this tradition or is kind of a acolyte of this tradition. And so he comes up with these ideas of game pieces where you kind of play a game in a sense to create um, and compose in the moment um, musical composition. So what we're going to do is I'm going to prop this timer up. And so every time 10 seconds rolls over, we're going to pull a new turkey vocalization out of the bowl and we're going to perform it for 10 seconds. So you can, the pitch is up to you. The accent is up to you. However you want to perform it is up to you, but you can do it for 10 seconds, but then you have to pick a new one. Okay, so so I go for like, I do them sequentially and I do the one for 10 seconds and then I put it down and grab another one or do we trade off? You are, we're acting individually. Acting individually, okay. Yeah. Great. So these are all turkey vocalizations. I have not listened to a turkey do any of these. So we're kind of shooting in the dark, but I do love the, um, you know, the interpretive possibilities included within this. Okay. Yeah, let's do it.
That was pretty fun, Meredith. Thanks, Mike. So, I hope that's pleasurable listening for everybody. So, so let's review. I I had some cuz, some c u h s. Those were the cuz. Cuz. There were clucks. Clucks. Wines. Wines. I had a kiki. I also had a kiki. And then I had a put. Oh, I had a Yelp. I thought maybe you were doing a Yelp. Yeah, I had a Yelp too. Oh, you did a Yelp? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't Who have knew? a putt. You got a putt. I, didn't I got a putt. putt. That's fun. Turkey vocalizations. And we still have a bunch more in the bowl. We could go for hours. <laughs> hours. We'll spare you. Yeah. That was really fun, Meredith. Thank you. Uh, Meredith, I, it's we know now it's common for the U.S. president in our modern era to give a pardon to a turkey. Absolutely. In a s- sort of ceremonial manner. Uh, many sources erroneously attribute the origin of this turkey pardon to Harry Truman. Uh, but the... Yeah, tut, tut. Put, put. The Truman Library says that no documents, speeches, newspaper clippings, photographs, or other contemporary records are known uh, to exist that specify that he ever pardoned a turkey, in quotes. However, there are records that Truman publicly admitted to eating at least some of the turkeys that he was presented with because that was before there were turkey pardons, there was a turkey presentation. Oh, okay, okay. So it was a common practice for presidents to be gifted with turkeys. I saw a photo of JFK with a turkey that said, like, you know, eat well, Mr. President. And it was, you know, it was gifted to him so that he could have Thanksgiving dinner. Did the turkey shoot JFK? It, the turkey was not seen on the grassy knoll. <laughs> okay. However, I think a turkey would love a grassy knoll, though, just to get another fact in. Yeah. They love meadowlands. Okay. Yeah. They're ground loving birds. They love it. Though they do fly up into trees for protection. There was an unexplained beard feather found in the book depository. <laughs> what is this strange, long, coarse feather thing? So Ronald Reagan, everybody's favorite president, Ronald Reagan, <laughs> there was a, some controversy about will he, won't he pardon Oliver North uh, mm-hmm. in regards to the Iran-Contra affair. Sure. And so he addressed that by making a joke about how he was pardoning the turkey at Thanksgiving. And this was in 1987. Yes. Now, he'd been sending these turkeys to farms and zoos since yep. 1982. And in 87, he pardoned Charlie, and sent him to a petting zoo. Yep. Now, these birds, again, these high-yield birds, they really only typically live a couple years. So it's not yeah. like this turkey enjoyed, you know, retirement. Like or Martha like the that. passenger pigeon level of Right. Life. How old was Martha again? 29. 29. Wow. Like, she outlived Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morrison. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, Big Bopper, Richie Valens. I could go on. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. In 1988, he didn't make any pardon reference with regards to this turkey, but that was the year then that George H.W. Bush took Mm -hmm. over. Yep. And he resumed the turkey pardon experience. Right. 
most of the pardon turkeys are these broad-breasted white variety and most are males, which I would like to say again, most of the pardoned turkeys are of the broad-breasted white variety and most are male. That's right. Most of the pardoned turkeys are white males. <laughs> I thought we weren't getting political. I'm trying not to. <laughs> During George W. Bush's presidency, they notably started pardoning two birds. There was the winner and then the first alternate in case, you know, there's an old, old showbiz thing, never work with children or animals. Yes. You know, the animals can get sick and there have been instances of the alternate having to step in for the pardon. And um, now... In human cases too. Right, exactly. This is why you always have to have understudies, which is sometimes hard to explain to the money, the people financing things. Yeah, but and like associate you, music directors. You need associate music directors. You need swings. You need standbys. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that you need an in-house spare drummer just to kind of like yeah. hang out. <laughs> Why not? Just be around. The first ever female turkey to be pardoned was in 2002. Katie, her brother Zach, was her <laughs> alternate. They were named after the turkey breeder's human children, which is kind of weird. Oh. Uh, in the Obama presidency, we begin getting the, well, what happened after the pardon turkey updates. Oh, okay. This is the big movement in the turkey community. Yeah. Where did they go? It's mostly in the form of when was that bird euthanized or when did it die suddenly of heat stroke? And again, it was like usually within a year of being pardoned. Oh, my gosh. Once we get to the current administration, things get a little weird. Do uh, they really? Yes. I know it's shocking. Drumstick and Wishbone from 2017 are the first birds with names that relate to the consumption of birds as food. Other birds have been named for other non-bird foodstuffs like mac and cheese. Yes, and, I remember mac and cheese. But drumstick and wishbone are like, you're pardoned, but we're going to name you after the parts of your friend's body that we're going to eat later. Yes. Um, and concerning the where are they now for drumstick and wishbone, we've, we've gotten reports from Fox News saying that they are still alive and living a, quote, lavish life. A full year after their pardons, which again is unusual because the life cycle of these birds is pretty slim, although they were born just a few months before. The Guardian reports that both Wishbone and Drumstick are dead. Oh my gosh. Controversies turkey style. Contra turkey controversy? Contra turkey controversy. I ran contra turkey <laughs> controversy. Slather it in gravy. Of course. Of course. Of course. The 2018 birds, peas and carrots, named after non-bird food stuff, uh, went to Virginia Tech's Gobbler's Rest exhibit at Aww. the university's College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. Okay. Where well, they're on display. Okay. In a sort of jail at a university campus after they've been pardoned. Oh. So it seems like they're going to go on like a great vacation, but then they just go to a research facility in charlottesville where they can rest gobbler's rest quote unquote rest blacksburg virginia actually oh okay virginia tech so they're like oh, virginia tech i was thinking uva yeah, it's not no whatever i'm that's, sorry that's the extent of my turkey pardon information gorgeous uh meredith let's take a break real quick love it 
When it comes to tubers, nobody can hunt down a delicious, syrupy, premium quality sweet potato like the voles of Microtus genus farms. The vole knows quality sweet potatoes. As one of the main vertebrate threats to sweet potatoes in the U.S. Department of Agriculture Plant Hardiness Zones 9, 10, and 11, voles are decorated authorities on hunting down sweet potatoes. The vole knows where to find sweet potatoes. When it comes to sweet potatoes, the Microtus genus only has a taste for the vines, leaving the delicious tuber for human consumption. The vole knows how to share in the glory of the sweet potato. At the Microtus genus farm, each potato is harvested individually, leading to the strictest quality control. The vole knows how to maintain high standards. Trust Microtus genus farms to ensure your next sweet potato adventure is a sweet potato success. The vole knows success. Meredith, I'd like to present to you a solo on this turkey gobbler that I have right here. Yes, please. It's called Gobbledygook <laughs> for solo performer. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, here we go. Well, thank you for listening to my piece, Meredith. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, my gosh. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. That was amazing. Uh, speechless. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really just trying to find new uh, corners of the sonic palette of the turkey gobbler that have yet to be explored. This was perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for this Thanksgiving gift. Yeah. Hey, it's my pleasure. Well, that's kind of it for our special Thanksgiving themed episode. We hope that you um, enjoyed it. We hope that you have a nice time doing whatever it is you're doing on this Thursday in late November. And most of all, enjoy those leftovers. Alleluia. Animal Fan Club is created and produced by us, Meredith Jurgens and Mike Luno. We also create all our original music and sonic experiences. Send us your listener feedback questions to animalfanclubpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at animalfanclubpod, at Meredith Jurgens and at Mike underscore Luno. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on your favorite app. That really helps us out. Thanks for listening to our show. We hope it makes your heart and spirit glow. We'll be here next week for another meeting of the Animal Fan Club.